This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Marketatomy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome to the latest episode of Charged Up Studio Podcast, where we will explore the intersection of technology and human integration. Most of you here in the audience are familiar with LinkedIn, and most are connected in one way or another. As I'm sure a lot of you have also been inundated with hundreds of messages from people you do not know asking for a connection or a meeting, right? You may be wondering, how successful are these messaging programs? Well, today we have a very special guest with us, an artificial intelligence expert and podcast producer who has figured out how to incorporate AI with your LinkedIn account to boost your sales. Chad Burnmeister is the CEO of BDR.AI. Chad grew his company from zero to 1 million ARR in under 12 months using his program. So let's get the down low on how he did this by giving him a heartfelt warm welcome to Charged Up Studio. Wow, welcome, Chad. Wow, wow. You know, when you when you go from zero to a million, you kind of think, at least for me personally, I was like, yeah, no big deal. It's just another another sales job. When you look back and you talk to so many other founders and CEOs, you go, huh, that is kind of a big deal. It's pretty, you know, let me pat myself on the back with that. I mean, it's it's yep. pretty neat to be able to yep. do that. We have to preface this, okay? We have to preface this with the fact that, you know, zero to one million, you know, what we're going to be introducing is the lead into the funnel, okay? It's really going to be up to you my listeners, that you have to close the deal. So really, it's an incorporated, and as a strategist, I can't emphasize this enough. What we're doing is we're giving you a tool for reaching those people who want your services. Yes. So I'll share with you a little bit of background, Dana. Um, 
for the last 25 years, I've ran sales teams. Uh, I started as an individual contributor, team lead, manager, and ultimately I got to running a team of 100 people all around the world with seven or eight different managers, a couple of directors and such. And at that point, I figured out, you know what, I can go, I know how to run a PL, I know how to build sales, I know how to build demand, I'm gonna go run my own company. And in the first three months, I signed $337,000 worth of customers on a platform where we would do outsourced BDR work. So we'd pull a list, we'd do your email, we'd do your LinkedIn, and we'd do the calls. And it was, uh, we charged $30,000 for that plus a $2,500 onboarding fee. So to get to 337,000, there was one deal in there is probably a hundred thousand and then bunch of, a bunch of medium deals. Right. And what I found after delivering the services is that first of all, not all customers are the same. There's product market fit differences. There's titles, there's industries. There's so much variability that you can't just say, well, here's a great program. Let's go ahead and use that. And it's going to work for everybody. But what I saw the commonality across the most successful campaigns is that the LinkedIn outreach channel would far surpass phone, email, and even other types of sales outreach. And so I was like, okay, what's going on? What's the difference? And, and what I found is that you can be very personal on LinkedIn because there's so many filters that are possible inside of a tool like that. So there's groups, there's events are the two biggest differences now. So let's say I want to meet with founders and CEOs. I just met with someone this morning. They're from Mobile, Alabama. And I was like, okay, what's, what's like something that's a, a major sightseeing thing there? He goes, I don't know, the battleship? I was like, okay, cool. So we researched and we pulled 1,400 people in LinkedIn that are founders from company size 10 to 200. It's only 1400 people in mobile Alabama and all industries. So it's a finite list. So I said, all right, we could, we could go in and say, Hey, I see we're both part of the same group, entrepreneurs, uh, sales and marketing alignment, right? So there's a subset of the 1400 that are going to have something in common. Right. So if I connect with those hundred folks in, in a certain way that say, hey, I see we're both part of the same group. I've seen 83% to 100% connection rates when you go in on that kind of an approach. Right. right. So, You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, be personal. Don't just go wide. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, we're, we're taking off here. So <laughs> we're taking off here. Um, a couple of things. First of all, um, I always start my podcast with a with an obscure question. Okay, it's to get my let my audience get to know you. So, are you ready for this? Let's go. Okay, so if you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice, what advice would you give, and at what age? Hmm. You, you know, the the very first one that comes to mind is don't worry, have faith because you're gonna get through it no matter what it happens to be. And so that's the first one because it's a fundamental, you can't change the past. So it would sure be nice knowing, looking back at the age I am now, I just had a big birthday about a month ago, 
And so understanding that, hey, you're going to live in the house you want to live in. You're going to be married to the wife you want to marry. You're going to have two amazing kids. Like, how cool is that? So don't worry, have faith would be the big one. Um, Now, there's a few stock tips I would have given myself, too. But like we said, we really can't do that. (laughs) Like the one that went from 14 to 440. Yeah. And then we sold at 70. It would have been nice to hold till it went to 440. Oh, gee. Yeah. Yes. No, definitely. Definitely. 10,000 shares at 440. The last I checked, that's about $4.4 million. And I did not clear all of that upside. (laughs) You know, it's like, could have done a shoulda. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on faith, freedom, all of those kinds of things. And don't worry about the rest. Well, and, and it's, you know, I like hearing that because there's a lot of my guests that will talk about, you know, if if they had solid advice when they were younger, it would be not to worry. It's all going to work out, you know, that kind of stuff. But as kids, as teenagers, we don't see it. Mm. We don't see it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to our conversation, okay? First of all, let's talk a little bit about what is happening with LinkedIn and all of these messages. Can you shed some insight? Yeah. So LinkedIn, I, I must applaud them because they're particular about what you can and cannot do, right? There's When you sign up, you have a terms and conditions that you agree to. So you're not going to act as someone else, right? You're going to reach out on behalf of yourself. Um, I saw that starting to take off for a while where people were building virtual avatars and, you know, that's just once you get into that, it's, you know, you're, you're kind of lying to your customers. So that's important that you're following the terms and conditions. Um, and we don't want to be inundated. Imagine if LinkedIn said, yeah, go ahead. You could do 10,000 connection requests a day. That that's not good because it's going to mean the platform is not getting the kind of value that it should be getting. So they've they've added a lot of algorithms, just like a spam tracker. They can look inside of the message and they can say, oh, wow, this one, this person sends out messages to these people and, and they're getting a, I don't know you all the time. And so they're going to send you a note. And they're going to go, hey, we're going to put you on pause for eight hours because you're you're sending messages to people who don't know you. So those are some of the things that are changing. Now, smart companies like ours, I would like to think, communicate with LinkedIn directly and say, how do we make sure we build our code so that it's compliant with, there's something called SNAP certification, Sales Navigator Approved Partner. So there's been a few dozen LinkedIn prospecting softwares that come out that their whole goal is to try to cheat LinkedIn and do thousands instead of dozens of requests. And so that's, I think what you're going to see in the industry is that those companies that are illegally using APIs in a way that's not condoned by LinkedIn, they'll, they'll probably be getting a letter at some point in the not too distant future. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Cause I do have a ton of people who are reaching out and, and that brings me to my next comment when you were talking about groups and, and everything else, you know, um, I work with a, uh, a, a group of clients who uh, I'm helping get in front of government procurement, okay? And one of the problems that they're having, a, you know, that they're struggling with is once they've submitted on the sources sought 
or an RFI re request for information, what do they do next? And so I put a process together explaining to them that um, here's what you're going to do. We're going to approach it from four different, you know, fronts. You know, you've got you've got your um, um, emails. We're going to send out every two weeks until you get a face to face with them. Okay, you know, and stuff like that. And one of the channels was through LinkedIn. Since you connect with them on LinkedIn, you get involved and find out what groups they're in participate in those groups actively. And that's how you're gonna build your reputation and build your equity in front of the person that you're trying to get in touch with. So it's funny that you, you know, it's not funny, but it's, I'm glad to hear you talking about groups because it's gotten to the point where a lot of people aren't using the groups anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, they've kind of died off and those groups are a huge um, advantage yeah. to, especially well, if you are looking LinkedIn. Similar instance, there's a company that sells HR software, and that could be commoditized, right? There's Bamboo HR, there's Trinet, there's all these different ones of PEO, ones serves big companies, little companies. Well, this there was a, a BDR, gra graduated college, she's only two years into her career, and she gets on the phone with me and said, Chad, what, what should I do to be different than all the other 17 reps selling into the same territory? Because they don't really have defined zip codes. So she said, I just need to prospect into New York City and New Jersey. So I said, okay, tell me about you. Like, let me, let me make sure I understand you personally first. And she goes, well, this, this, I liked horses, this and that. I was like, okay, horses, I don't know if we're going to find that many big groups of executives that are into horses. What else? It was on Christian. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> that might work. So yeah. I said, let's go look up all the different Christian groups that are out there. And now you connect with executives and the opening says, hey, Dana, I like to connect with other Christian executives in New York City and New Jersey. Let's connect. Boom, all of a sudden her connection rates off the hook. And now they're coming from a common point of view. Yeah. And then and then the next message is, hey, I don't know when your renewal happens with your um, software. I don't even know if it's relevant, but as if as a Christian colleague, you know, I'm I'm pretty new to this role. I'd really appreciate your insights into the industry. More like a favor and an ask, not I'm gonna sell you something. Yep. And yep. she just hit it out of the park. And you know, yep. <laughs> so exactly I think it. the groups are very, very important. So um, as a producer of a podcast, okay, and us being on a podcast, I've done, been doing it for four years now. Let's talk a little bit about the subject matter AI, okay? Because a lot of people are very confused or nervous about AI. For example, I'll give you a perfect example. We had a conversation this morning. And as I said, I deal with um, companies that are going after government procurement. And naturally, on some of the government projects, there are um, secret, you know, there are sensitive areas that you can't, you know, talk about. And these clients will come on with their AI bot to record and transcribe. And I was told that once they do that, it ends up out on the cloud everywhere. 
All right. And if that's the case, then we need to put into our program that those are not allowed when we're talking, you know. So is this true? Well, I just had this conversation a couple of days ago, uh, yesterday, actually, with, with someone, because at the end of the call, I said, hey, in, in one of the companies that I serve, they... I actually have an email address that's tethered to that company because I'm helping them with some relationships at a high level. I'm on their board of advisors mm -hmm. and the entire VP team and especially one of the VPs has access to all my emails, all my calendar, everything that happens under that. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I said, is that normal? You know, to the cybersecurity company. And they go, well, you have a setting in your Google that you can turn off so that even people inside the company can't see it. So I said, okay, good. I'm glad that you think that's okay not to snoop, you know, amongst your peers inside of a company. Then we talked about the gongs and the choruses and the recording tools. And yeah, they're cyber people. So they brought up exactly what you just said. It records it, it puts it into text. It's now searchable. And yes, it's on the cloud. So they, I don't know if they have a solution for that yet, but I, I applaud you for telling your clients, hey, if you're working with an outside vendor, maybe Zoom doesn't have a way to block that third party recorder, but it's at least if you're getting into a meeting, you're, it's your job to say, hey, I can't allow recorders. And then they have right. to, they have right. to comply with that, right? Or we can't meet. Right. Right. And that's exactly what, um, like I said, we just talked about it this morning and I wanted to get confirmation. You're confirming it for me right now. This is how chat GPT gets its stuff. Yeah. It's through stuff like that, you know, and um, yeah, we'll have to implement a, uh, a rule that they're not allowed during our coaching and mentoring sessions. And it's also not allowed on our group masterminds because unless you're going to let them know that they're being recorded and everything, you know, so, you know, I'm glad you said that because it does. Well, the way the notification for recording now, like right now we're recording this podcast. So it yeah. says recording on the Zoom video. I remember when that first came out, like, you know, well, do we need to say it at the beginning? Do we need to push a button? And they've gotten better to where it's just built in. Yeah. And the, the challenge with that is that so many people are just used to the bot being there to record that they may forget to ask the vendor to yes. say, hey. And that's or, exactly it. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And I do transcribe these things, you know, use the Zoom transcriber. But what I do is I save the, the recording to my hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. once you can, it's. You can, you can change that setting in Zoom. Now, yeah. I'll tell you the other side of the coin, thinking of what is the power of a tool like Gong, this company that I consult with. They are, they're very much of a, think about spin selling back in the day, situation, oh, yeah. problem, implication, and need payoff. Boy, and that's, remember, that's going back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to flex my uh, wisdom muscles. <laughs> so oh, I remember that. if you were to go, I remember in the book, it even talked about this. If you were to go buy a watch, you're not going to go through spin selling. That's not a good scenario. Well, tell me about your situation for like, you got to close them before they leave, just like at a car dealership. 
So this company has 30 minutes. They know if they don't get you to sign with your credit card in 30 minutes, then your odds of going to another car lot are high, another software lot. So they, they use the gong recordings to first teach people in the Sandler methodology. Oh, an I upfront know Sandler contract. too. So, right? So, hey, when you're first on the call, hey, Dana, so it, you've, you found us on the Facebook ad. If as a result of today's conversation, you decide to move forward, that'd be amazing. And, you know, we will be asking you to make a purchase decision today. Otherwise, we can go on in life and be friends. But, you know, we don't, you know, typically sometimes these things can take two, three, four weeks for a $97 purchase. Don't you agree you can make a decision by today? They find if they do that, the people who are doing the upfront contract are closing like four times better than their peers. So they're using Gong to record. They play it in a meeting every week. They listen to the tape and then they're able to show people how it worked. And then it helps them in their mind get out of their own way and actually use that kind of a... a, Well, the purpose of of Sandler is to get them saying no (laughs) to everything. And then you ultimately get them turning their their, their answer around to yes, because everything was no. And it was hurting them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when the guy, the other Chad at Airborne Express, my first job out of out of college, and he was trained in the Sandler way. And he was, he would say, uh, have I caught you at a bad time? And I was like, why are you asking that? And, but then he would progress in his call all the time. So yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. So talk to us a little bit about the the AI that you have developed, you know, uh, for the BDR. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's, I call it data, digital and dials, right? The data piece is who's my, who's my audience that I'm reaching out to. So it's very important that you're building an advanced target list versus just going wide. The riches are in the niches. So when it comes to finding the right people, I actually have a partner in this space. I didn't develop this one, but there's something called a lookalike audience. There's intent-based data. So I can go in and I can say, show me all the companies that are currently actively looking for an ERP system or CRM or whatever it is that I wanna go after. So getting the data right in the first place Otherwise, you're wasting the BDR's time, the salesperson's time, the VP, you know, get the data right in the first place. And there's so much tech out there that makes it easy that yeah. that's pretty, pretty simple to do. Mm-hmm. But in the back in the day, that would have taken you a month to go build a list. Now you build it in seconds. So get the data right. Then when it comes to digital outreach and LinkedIn, it's it's connecting through a group, connecting through an event. If you don't have that luxury and it's, it's, uh oh, these are just founders of companies that are 50 to 100 people, then the latest and greatest connection. So let's say I send you a connection request and I get a 30% connect rate. That's pretty good compared to email. It's like 10 times better. What happens next? Most salespeople do the exact wrong thing. Dana, thanks so much for connecting with me. My company, BDRAI, we help companies with X, Y, and they write it in chat TPT and they think it's going to be amazing. It's like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like eight bullets. I just got one this morning. They're like, here, can you go ahead and launch this campaign for me? And I now I have to push back on the person, right? And say, hold on, hold on. So rather, what if 
right after that, within an hour or even a day, I'm a CEO. So I'm not, if, if I send them an automated message in an hour, they're going to be, they're going to, it's going to smell fishy. They're going to go, wait a yeah. second. Yeah. You did that in an hour, you're a CEO. So I'll wait a day. And instead of sending a text-based message, the latest release that came out maybe 12 weeks ago is that it'll take my video. It looks like a video or a loom. It will play it on top of the prospects LinkedIn, but I only have to record that video once. So it would sound like this. I wouldn't say, hey, Dana. I would say, hey, thanks so much for connecting with me. Um, as you know, I'm the, I'm the host of the AI for Sales podcast. So I've had the luxury of talking to over 150 people, including one of the co-founders of IBM Watson. I just talked to the CMO of Clearbit last week. And I, I just wanted to personally offer my time to you. If you ever have any questions about data, digital outreach, is my list effective? I'd like to offer myself as a resource because I've got over 30 years. I've managed teams of 100 people. If not, cool. You'll see that I post from time to time on LinkedIn. I'd love to get you to know you just by you watching the video. So yeah. appreciate you. Cheers. 60 seconds credibility build to know right. that I'm not just trying to get their business. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that changes the tone of any of the future messages that I send to them. Well, and, and let's use my my group that I'm talking to, you know, maybe what they use is rather than um, the first video that they send out there. All right. I mean, first email that they, they send out a video yeah. to that person. Now, will it be blocked by the government agency? I'd have to find out because yeah, they do they do have the cybersecurity um, aspects in place. So it may very well be blocked, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Government's That's an, an idea that I've always found with government, the um, from working with some pretty big companies, the most successful people selling into government work with companies that have already been selling into government. Right. It's they yeah. know all the channels. And yeah. So if you're in and OE, that's true, that's true. But what I do is I work with micro small business owners who are trying to get into the government. They don't have the experience. So we're working through the no bid federal contracting got program. It, got it, got yeah. It. So they have a special program because the government wants to work with small businesses. Yeah. But they don't make it very easy. You know? yeah. So the no bid program allows them to get that experience that they need so that they can go competitive. Yeah. You know? Now we talked about AI. Let me tell you about what's yep. around the bend. This is a company yep. that I'm just starting to work with. And in the next couple of weeks, I'll be putting more time on their project. And it's called Vocodia, V-O-C-O-D-I-A. They're out of Florida. And they are a conversation AI that can call you on the telephone and have a conversation with you. So think about Southwest Airlines. Last, you know, very recently, they went down. They're grounded for an hour and a half systems were attacked or whatever it was right i don't know if it was cyber or well, that whatever was, that was chat gpt too yeah yeah <laughs> so these cyber things go on and so guess what happens their their phone switch gets lit up hey i'm stuck here in massachusetts i'm trying to get out of boston and so all of a sudden the hold times go through the through the roof so and meanwhile they have their phone in their hand they could actually go on the website change the flight themselves but they'd rather talk to someone so imagine if you're powered by conversation AI, 
this company can turn on a switch and empower 20,000 calls and flip over to this next switch within a, a millisecond. So all of a sudden you start seeing, uh-oh, we're at a minute hold time, we're at 30 second hold time. Okay, no problem. Let's go to the overflow of conversation AI powered agents. Yeah. Eventually we'll get to a place where conversation AI is handling 90% of the calls and only 10%. And the difference is we've done some of that before in IVR, right? You call it, say, yeah. say it's, one it's for this and two for that. But, yeah, it's not something that is new. It's yeah. just applying a different uh, a different avenue to it or a different uh, well, and it's it. it's better though because now yeah. the chat the conversation AI can be interrupted, it can chuckle, it's a it has a deeper level of understanding of the conversation versus just zeros and ones. It's a it's a little more unique. So I heard this well, call the other day, and they this person visited this the website a wine website. And so this was about a three minute call. I talked about this the other day, I think through C-Suite Network. And um, so, you know, this person gets a call. Hey, Dana, I see you visited uh, wine.com wine or whatever site it was uh, a little bit earlier today, and you didn't have a chance to check out, but it looks like you were ready to purchase 12 bottles of Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Did I, did I reach it an okay time? You know, and you're like, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> the bot was able to go through four objections where a normal human being might only be able to take it they just say okay Dana, no problem let's go bye yeah yeah so now there's a lot of business value for the seller for the buyer for everybody the lower cost because now i can pass some of those cost savings on to the customer so it's it's going to be an interesting world as this company gets out and there. and that brings up another subject here, uh, you know, a fear of taking away jobs, you know, and things like that, AI, you know, I see it as streamlining processes. So you don't have to have as many people working for you. Okay. But there is a legitimate fear out there that it's taking away my job. What, what are your thoughts around that? Um, I think it's a valid fear. I had 150 people on the AI for sales podcast and I would ask the question at the end, elephant in the room question, is this going to displace? Overwhelming majority is look at the internet, look at all these things, look at the calculator, uh, all these different times in history where there was fear of that and then it, the fear didn't play out. It actually created more jobs. Um, this is slightly different. I think if, if we turned it on too quick, then teams could go say, look, I, you, we got a team of 12 BDRs. I only need two of you guys and they're gonna manage all the virtual BDRs going forward. So I get a feeling when Elon Musk puts out the notice to all these CEOs and says, hey, time out, let's pause this for six months and look at what could happen. I think that's a very good idea um, I don't think it's going to happen because it's very hard to, to control all of that. But ramp back up again, too. Yeah. So yeah. I think what what's needed, just like decades ago, they created the chief information officer role. I think we need to create the chief ethics officer role and it yeah. should be installed in every company across the across the world. That's a good point. That's a that's a very good point. It's a very yeah. and they would they would act not only as an ethics officer, but a PR officer. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, they're the ones who are going to be the front line out there in the media and everything. So that's that's a very good point. Very good point. 
There's, I mean, we could go on and on talking about AI and everything else. So um, do me a favor. Is there any last bit of tips or something that you want to give our audience? Uh, if, you, if you're questioning, I went to a C-suite network event in 2019, and I asked all the CEOs in the room, how many people are using AI? And there was like maybe one person raised their hand, yeah. maybe two. And... And, and then I said, okay, how many people are using Zoom info? And like 20% of the room raised their hand. I'm like, okay, you're using AI. You just don't know it. And so nowadays, how many people are using ChatGPT? It'll be like 80% of the room. Okay, now you're all using AI. If you're not, you should fill the gap on the 20. So my thought here is, what's the biggest problem that you have in your business? Right, and where's the bottleneck? Can AI solve for the bottleneck? I mean, yeah, it's that's exactly simple. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this morning I had to respond to an RFP, a request for proposal from my company. And, um, uh, you know, I just didn't have time to sit there and, and develop copy and stuff like that to respond. So I went to chat, chat GPT and said, OK, I'm responding to this question. Here's the specifics. Give me a paragraph. And it just I mean, like this. So yeah, it, yeah, rather yeah, than taking yeah. me three days to do it, it might have taken me about six hours to put it together. I had one where we completed a project yesterday for one month for a customer. And they said, oh, sorry, we've got to get the bank in Europe to pay for this. So we need you to fill out this 18 page doc that should have been done before we launched it. I'm like, well, you should have told me that. That's like a two day project. Uh And then the guy was like, hey, if you use ChatTPT, I won't tell anybody. So it collapsed two days of work. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Yep. Down to an hour and a half. Yeah. Exactly. So how can our audience get a hold of you? Uh, what's the address of your podcast? Everything. Yeah. So the best way is LinkedIn. Uh, as, as a LinkedIn advocate, I would say linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Chad Burmeister or short Chad at BDR.ai. The podcast is on all major podcasting locations. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, and it's AI for F-O-R sales. And um, yeah, some really, if you go back in time into the archives, there's things that are starting to show up now where we talked about that in 2019. So it's kind of fun to go back. I'm going to have to, because I I bet that's really interesting. Yes. And I think we're going to put a discount code in the show notes. So I was corresponding with your team offline. So by the time they're listening to this podcast, make sure to check out the show notes because there should be something that uh, that's beneficial okay. for you. Okay, yeah. great, great. No, definitely. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you're listening to us on or go to our Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review there. <laughs> Charged Up Studio is a product of Market Academy Academy. The e-learning system, hold on, I gotta. Sorry, I've been fighting allergies. Charged Up Studio is a product of Market Academy Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically with the micro business owner in mind. For more information and to register for our many courses, go to Market Academy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot Academy. That's it for this week, folks. And I'll see you next week with another exciting guest. Talk to you later. Thank you, Chad.
Thank you. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.